This is Client Side from Fox Agency. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about. Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. My name is Nathan Anibaba and you are listening to Client Side by Fox Agency. On behalf of everyone at Fox, happy 2022 and we hope you have a fantastic year ahead. Thank you so, so much for listening to our podcast last year. We've had a great lineup of guests and this year is no exception. We will be talking about the future of work, the metaverse and how the technology landscape will change as we learn to live with the pandemic, as well as all of the topics that you loved from last year, including digital transformation, cybersecurity, as well as go-to-market strategies for the best tech firms in the world. However, before that, we thought we'd revisit a topic that was really very popular in 2021, ecosystems. This is the recording of our latest webinar with Chris Brown, Transformation Lead at IBM, Donna Haj, Head of Ventures and Tech Ecosystem at MathWorks, and Ash Mode, People Engagement Leaders at Accenture. This is the audio recording, and we explore what ecosystems are, how they create value, and how the best businesses in the world are capturing that value at the moment. Ecosystems will be a huge way that companies create and capture value in the future. So please enjoy this fascinating conversation on creating business value from digital ecosystems. Thank you. Thank you very much for being here. So let's let's jump straight into our first question. Ecosystems, as we all know, have the potential to change the way that most businesses operate today. So question to Chris, first and foremost, what is the ecosystem and why are they emerging now? Yeah, sure, pleasure. So I think the first thing to say is, in my view, they're game changing. Um, and I say that in the same way as mobile phone and the internet have changed the way your know, society allows us to connect and, and reach, you know, interact and um, create an expectation around the connectedness that we all have. I think ecosystems are the same for enterprise. And I say that because they allow enterprise to move away from creating value only within their own integrated value chain, but towards creating value with lots of different enterprises in a, in a more holistic uh, value chain. They, they are moving relationships beyond the transactional or the tactical to a, a basis of um, continuous collaboration, co-creation and open innovation with um, partners within that ecosystem network of, of enterprises. Um, and it's creating new ways to organize to create value. Um, and that value is is greater because it's drawing on the collective intelligence, the capability, the technology of all of those enterprises within that network, and as a result, can create much greater greater value. Um, I'd also say that they are fostering a a cooperation and trust amongst enterprise um, in a way that allows the network effect to take take hold and, and what i mean by that is the ability to scale and, and grow in terms of the opportunity that's available because of that network um, and i think the second part of your your question was so why are they emerging now i, I think for, for me the answer is they're emerging because of the competitive advantage that they give um, and if i refer to some of you know, recent ibm um, research that was done during the pandemic you know those ecosystem leaders outpaced other organizations five to one in terms of revenue growth. Um, so for me, why, 
why wouldn't you therefore embrace an ecosystem if it's going to give you that competitive advantage? And then I think there are just some hygiene factors that have also allowed ecosystems to become much more prominent, uh, prominent and prominent. The fact that industry boundaries are, are blurring, but also the fact that development and technology and openness of technology is allowing organizations to collaborate in a trusted and secure way um, through digital platforms, for example. Thank you, Chris. Donna, anything to add? Um, from my end, I can say in terms of our my definition in terms of how ecosystem uh, operate and what are they. They're basically a group of companies and organizations and entities that come together to collaboratively offer a product or or a service. And I think in the basis of that, there is the like Chris said, is the win-win aspect. So it wouldn't be about only. Uh, gaining value to my organization and operating in my organization in a silo. It's more about creating win-win partnership. The ecosystem doesn't succeed if every participant in this ecosystem provide value and feels that they're getting value back. Um, of course, ecosystems come in, in many shapes and sizes. It could be two companies, three companies coming together, or it could be more, like if we take Amazon, for example, they have, I believe, around close to 70 partners as part of, of an ecosystem. Uh, so it can come in many uh, shape and size, but the core of it is the win-win aspect. So it's coming together, identifying the stakeholders map that I operate in, and thinking how I can add value and gain value from that ecosystem. Thank you, Donna. Ash? Uh, it's hard to follow from both of them, but <laughs> the key uh, thing to say here is that clients and customers are having disparate needs and there's multiple transformations happening. So as we move more from the digital era, which is what, 10 years ago, and to the next one, which is more of an exponential era, what's happening is to deliver for clients to deliver what they need to their customers and for customers to actually you know, get their whole thing transformations and everything require these large digital companies to either build their own ecosystem or develop partnerships to run the transformations to at scale and also make sure that you deliver the right kind of value as we as we move on to the next stage and why is it more important right now it's not that ecosystems are new they've all, they've been around for a while because salesforce is like 20 20 years old for instance but uh it's just with COVID, the need accelerated. Companies needed to run their whole digital transformation a lot quicker. So these ecosystem companies are able to deliver at that speed and scale. And companies have just literally started the whole transformation thing, like things that everyone on this panel have been you know, advising and saying, hey, you need to start doing this. They're just like, right, we need to do it right now. And I was just going to add, I think COVID highlighted the fact that actually having an ecosystem in place it gives increased operational resilience, and I think that's why we're that's why we're seeing those um, strong ecosystem players you know, drive good growth over the the COVID period. Thank you, Chris. So that prompts me on onto the next question, which is how does it change the nature of of business as it has been done? You know, how will ecosystems change the way business is, is done currently today? How does it change the way new products are created? How does it change the way we go to market? How does it change the way that we run our organizations? Can you give us an, 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 an idea of how fundamental businesses will change um, as a result of the way that we 
uh, implement ecosystems. Um, I'll go with Ash to start this one. All right. So um, when you think about like partnerships coming together, they've uh, existed. Like you may have like a massive SAP transformation going on when you also are moving and migrating, you know, things to the cloud. So you find these partners working together quicker to deliver things to clients without stopping the existing work that's going on. So what essentially is happening is it's more about the speed to scale aspect here that's going on. How does it change the nature of business? It's more of, um, it's more to do with how can you deliver value to the customers while giving them customized and tailored solutions to drive these transformations. Uh, that's, uh, I'm speaking about the bigger players, of course, but that's generally the uh, game there. Donna, have anything to add? Um, yes, of course. So, um, so for us, if I take example, the, the startup ecosystem that I operate in, so this is, it's an ecosystem that I'm, we're very active in. And, and for us, in order to be part of this ecosystem or to have our foot in the door, we need to think about the main purpose, which is supporting startups. So what defines startups? Defines them speed and agility and flexibility. And we need to be the same. We need to try to be the same in return. We can. We have to adapt ourselves as an organization, being part of this ecosystem to set the standard and be, uh, be in the same level of other players as well. So for example, in terms of on a concrete level, what we do, uh, because we know that startups operate in a, in a specific speed and, and they have limited resources as well what we do in order to be part of the ecosystem we provide our products and tools and technical expertise in a discounted price and all for free and this is an order and this is a big step for us because we're not used to this business model but for us in order to be part of this ecosystem we 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 try to be adaptive and um, adapt our business model to this ecosystem and to this nature of business and and Chris, how how will ecosystems change the the nature and and the fundamental way that the business is is done today? So I think we will see a, a couple of shifts, and I think we see businesses starting to think beyond business process towards how do we create extended, intelligent workflows. Um, I think we're seeing businesses move from thinking about internal governance to okay, how do I orchestrate? A, an ecosystem and what open management styles do I need? Um, I, I think we're seeing a shift from you know, organizations and enterprises thinking about how do I just control my assets and skills to how do I share those capabilities and collaboration through different platforms? Um, and you know, I think we're seeing a, a shift from what was historically sort of four-wall infrastructure to much more open digital architecture. Um, and then, as Donna mentioned, you know, there's a a big part of ecosystems is the change in the business model, um, and therefore, you know, a shift from how do we reduce risk and have clarity on the reward to how do we create business models that have a shared risk and reward and you know deliver value in the long term. So, if the business model is changing, and this leads us on to our our next question, if the business model is changing. Talk us through how value is created, how value is captured um, by all of the players in the ecosystem. Um, and, and talk about from the consumer's point of view or the end user's point of view, what is the value that they're, they're getting from 
you know, from this uh, sort of new new business model that's, that has been created. Um, considering that you've just answered that one, Chris, I'll start with you for this one. Where is the value create, created? Where is it captured, assuming that we have these new business models? Uh, so it's a great question. And, and I think you, you've got to first be clear in terms of what type of ecosystem are you, are you looking to establish and what's the driver behind that ecosystem? And, and on one hand, are you looking to drive cost out of the business and therefore it's all about reducing your OPEX through you know, IoT and a much better supply and integrated uh, value chain? Or is it about growing new sources of revenue? Um, and if it's about growing new sources of revenue, then you know those leaders that are doing that very, very successfully, they're the ones that are owning and controlling and orchestrating that customer relationship and, and finding ways to constantly innovate to you know, delight the customer and give additional value, additional offering capability so that it, it's much easier for them to um, interact with, with you rather than with many. Um, but I also think it's worth recognizing that within that ecosystem, there are still different value levers to be had for, for all that are involved in the ecosystem, such as you know, access to data and the ability to make better decisions through that data. Um, as well as access to better technology or, or processes within that ecosystem. And I think it's really, um, it, it's important to think of that value in the holistic sense, because it's only through thinking of the value in holistic success that you create that win-win environment where everybody within that ecosystem is, is finding additional value. And as a consequence, therefore, the, the ecosystem and the network will grow and the value that can be created and delivered becomes even greater. Ash, anything to add? Oh, there are, when you look at this, there are multiple layers, actually. Like some of the solutions providers on one level could be, uh, you know, partners with the delivery and the, uh, you know, with the delivery guys to deal with the clients. Sometimes they can be competitors. So there is that level. But when you look at ecosystems as well, you also find things like, say, you're running uh, a customer service aspect. You may have one partner taking care of that while you'll have yet another partner bring in the AI element and then delivering this across scale. That's just an example. And if you want to talk about the customer area, which you brought up earlier, I think um, customers have really, like let's take the consumer industry, for instance. Customers have really specific tailored needs. You might say, I want this particular block of cheese with specific like you know peppers or something like that now when you think about like large transformation large manufacturing companies they're not really built for these kinds of things so when ecosystem partners come in they can actually deliver client value by helping them like with these modular kind of transformations both digital and physical depending upon the partner solutions and also the customers who are looking for these tailored products can get that that's just a, that's just one of the examples of this Great. Donna, thank you. Um, I think um, in terms of the main um, impact that ecosystem create on on the on the end consumer, it would be around expectations. I think um, end users now have higher expectations from from uh, from companies, and they have higher expectations from the service and the product, and and that translates and replicates in from segment to segment and industry to industry. Uh, and I think um, 
uh, industries that operate uh, under a strong e ecosystem, they end up providing better products. And uh, if you take, for example, the finance sector, the digital transformation that happened in the past few years with finance and financial services, we as a result as consumers get much more better services. And that came from the fact that regulation, regulation, regulatory bodies came together, uh, tech companies, startups, investors, research institutions, they came together, worked together in an effective manner, added value and gained value in order for us to get at this service at the end. And, and I think that's that's definitely an example in terms of how an ecosystem can imp impact the, the end uh, result or, or the customer at the end of the way. And, that, and that's a great example that you share from financial services because I think our, all our lives have been impacted by um, the, you know, the revolution that's taken place in financial services over the last handful of years or so. So from a competitive point of view then, I mean, I mean you mentioned the fact that a number of these ecosystems uh, partners collaborate together in order to, I guess, create a, a deep, sustainable, competitive advantage. Talk about what the impact will be for those organizations that don't find themselves in an ecosystem, who don't collaborate in these ways. Is it, do you think that those people that are outside of uh, creating ecos or, or being part of ecosystems themselves will find themselves in a less competitive uh, sort of environment moving forward. Talk a little bit about the, you know, from a competitive uh, standpoint, what, what does the future, you know, how does being part of an ecosystem help organizations maintain that competitive, sustainable competitive advantage? Um, I'll start with, with Chris for this one. So I think ultimately, it will, and that's not to say that a, a business can't be extremely successful it's not part of an ecosystem, let's be clear. But what I do think though is what, what, what you've heard us say so far is that what ecosystems do is they give you access as an organization, as an enterprise to capabilities, um, innovation, skills, intellectual property, operational resilience that you wouldn't necessarily have if you weren't part of that ecosystem. And therefore, my hypothesis in, in logic would be that if you have access to all of these additional skills, capabilities, intellectual property, then by implication, that's a competitive advantage. And therefore, you know, if if I if you are a business leader, um, not operating an ecosystem, then I would see the opportunity to become part of an ecosystem and orchestrate one or or, or join one is a great opportunity for driving growth. And as as we said. It can be either to drive new revenue or it can be to um, take operational cost out of the business also. Fantastic. So leading us now on to the question of, we heard from Donna a moment ago from MathWorks, and she's given us a really great example of, of how MathWorks help their clients. Um, Chris and Ash, maybe we can turn to you now and, and maybe you could share some examples of the sorts of organizations that maybe we're either familiar with or uh, or maybe we're not so familiar with. Who are the best organizations now that are getting value from ecosystems? You know, paint a picture, share some, share some case studies with us about the best organizations that are um, delivering a sort of value right now. I'll start with Ash for this one. Um. All right. So when you're looking at large scale transformations, it's usually 
I would say large manufacturing companies obviously see a clear advantage of using different ecosystem partners because they are looking for specific solutions in certain areas, which all need to be interconnected. So what the value they get is they get tailored solutions that match their specific needs in an area. Say if it's a supply chain kind of thing, you'll see a supply chain transformation going there, which connects nicely with a finance transformation while they are probably going ahead with... Um, you know, within the supply chain thing itself, another logistics, you know, connection. So these organizations, they get value because they're reducing their time spent and they're also reducing the cost because as they, you know, when you look at the operational model, if they have fewer people working on like the automatable tasks who can then be, you know, leverage to like run other processes and things in the organization it's not about like it's not about like um reducing automation it's more about like diverting resources into the right areas and we're seeing uh not just companies in um manufacturing we're seeing companies in automotive we're seeing companies in uh, financial services across the industries where but usually the bigger players when it comes to the smaller players, it's more like they need to start with one or two partners at most and build it out, kind of thing. Donna, aside from aside from MathWorks, can you share any other examples from any other industries that you feel are getting value from digital ecosystems? Yeah, definitely. I think um, an industry like the automotive industry um, is gaining value uh, in the past few years. Uh, because they are changing the nature of their work. So for example, we're seeing more and more automotive companies and OEMs collaborating externally with startups and research institutions. So they're thinking, they're rethinking the way that they, they operate and they're saying to themselves, instead of us setting our own R&D teams and uh, building everything from scratch, why don't we go out there and scout for innovation externally and collaborate externally with startups and, and emerging companies that have the expertise in place and have the knowledge in place and have the innovation in place. And I think we see that in many examples in automotive driving, in, um, in driverless driving, in, um, in EVs, and many of the trends now that are uh, emerging in, in uh, automotive, they're, they're all based on that startup corporate collaboration. Thank you, Donna. Chris, anything to add? So I think te technology also, you know, it's, it, we, we benefit from, from ecosystem. If you look at the, you know, what is, what is the market share about one, one trillion? There's a market opportunity and the key players have got a market share of maybe three to 5%. And, and that's really relevant because what that says is there's just a huge amount of capability that's out there in the marketplace and, and no one organization can have access to all of that innovation. And therefore, from a technology perspective, you know, companies like IBM and Accenture and others, you know, actually accessing the innovation of other technology providers and being able to orchestrate it in a way that brings all of that value together in a, in a more complete way for our clients is something which is, you know, dramatically changing um, the technology industry also. If in the next 10 years, digital ecosystems are ubiquitous across a number of industries, let's say, what factors do you think would have contributed to make that happen? Um, 
I'll start with I'll start with you, Chris, for this one. So I think we've we've touched on many in terms of expectations around um, customer client expectations. Um, we, we've touched on the dimension of the the competitive advantage that it gives and, and the access. But I think a, a key enabler to all of that is, and I think um, as you said it before, you know, we're going into an era of exponential change. And that exponential change is because of technology and the rate and pace of innovation and, and collaboration that is now enabled because we have open architectures, we have hybrid cloud, um, a real focus on open source software and collaboration in terms of developing capability. So I think a fundamental enabler that's allowing that acceleration um, is the fact that we, we can co-create and collaborate in a way that is both trusted and secure because we've got the technology enablement uh, to allow that. And, and if, as you say, the market opportunity is one billion, which is a staggering sort of, sort of number. And, and I, you know, there are a handful of players that have captured uh, a very small part of the market now. Um, Ash, who do you think the winners and the losers will be moving forward if they're not able to capture as much value as, as they would like in in this sort of large uh, sort of market of, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stop there, but um, who do you think the winners and losers will be and, and what factors will enable the, the winners to win and, and the losers, losers to lose? Well, I'm not in the business of predicting the names and, you know, winners and losers here, but I will say that the companies that start with innovation, working with disruption, and then building transformation on top of that, they would be the overall winners. We've been seeing this happen in like the last decade. COVID was an accelerator. It was a disruption that led to these massive transformation projects going on. Like a simple example is uh, you wouldn't have doctor's appointments virtually until about you know a year ago. At, when we were talking about having these kinds of transformations, it was just like, you're not gonna do it. Uh, getting NHS to completely switch to teams. That's not the kind of thing that you would have you know, expected to happen within just a few weeks. These kinds of changes have been happening. So it, the, comp the winners would most likely be the companies who are agile and ready to adapt from the innovation and disruption point to work on the transformations while collaborating with the whole ecosystem partnerships. I think that should you know, be a start for your answer at least. Donna, who do you think the winners and losers are going to be here? I think generally speaking, regardless to the ecosystem context, is the ones that are going to be um, customer obsessed versus product obsessed. Uh, you know, we're seeing more and more companies who put core in the core of their operation, the customer, and they rethink and they reshape the way that they operate according to that rather than being uh, focused and fixated on their products and how their you know products should and and will work and i think and this is where ecosystem come to the picture because if you focus on your customer and your end user you will uh, aim to provide the best experience to them and and you do that by partnering with others uh, by other uh, delivery um, providers or by other service providers that could help you gain that uh, that goal at the end thank you very much so moving on to our, our last question now, guys, which is really about the role of leadership in sort of creating ecosystems or at least 
uh, fostering ecosystems within their organizations. Chris, talk about what advice would you give to executives who are responsible for building their own ecosystems or, or at least partnering with other, other players? What principles should they keep in mind? Um, what are the risk factors um, if they want to build a really successful ecosystem? My advice to, to business leaders looking at how to explore and, and develop an ecosystem is, is to think about six questions and, and six considerations, which is, you know, what is the, the value that you're trying to create through the ecosystem, which we've touched on already? Are you trying to take cost out, the example that Ash gave in terms of manufacturing, um, or are you trying to grow new revenue, um, new revenue sources? Um, secondly, I would be thinking through what are the operating model changes that are needed to be able to seize the opportunities identified. And, and it's interesting, it's some of the research that we've done around organizations which are ecosystem leaders, 42% um, of them, you know, quote, lack of agility as being an impediment to driving growth and success. So, you know, that lack of impediment is because of the operating model. So you've got to think through what are the operating model changes that will allow you to seize the, the value uh, capture opportunities. Um, second, thirdly, sorry, I think you've got to think through how as a, as a leader can I reinforce the culture and foster a culture of collaboration and co-creation, not just within the organization, but also within that extended ecosystem. Um, then I would also say you have to be clear in terms of how you're gonna operate in that ecosystem in terms of government governance, how you're gonna measure success in terms of performance um, and you know, how you're gonna foster to build new, new networks um, to, to grow and advance that ecosystem. Um, and then no surprise, with all change, I think you've got to take a, a view and be very um, flexible and, and agile in the way that you, you implement it. Um, and then the, the final consideration, um, again, you know, quoted very clearly by the, the, the research and the findings of those ecosystem leaders, um, you know, think about how do you enable that future progress. And, and what I mean by that is think about how do you invest in open technologies and architectures that will further allow you to collaborate as, as that ecosystem grows and scales. Thank you. Donna, what advice would you give to executives? Um, I think um, we, we still see many companies and many organizations uh, trying to replicate the success that big companies have done, like Google and Amazon, but still struggle because ecosystems and building ecosystem, it is complex. It's not a straightforward thing. And I think um, defining the right approach uh, to capture the maximum value for them, it is challenging. How do you measure success at the end of the day? That's the main question that we 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 get from executives. And I think companies, when they set up the their tech ecosystems or digital ecosystems, should be guided by three main questions um, about themselves and their goals. Like Chris said, what do we bring to the ecosystem? Do we bring data? Do we bring knowledge? Do we bring uh, expertise? 
Do we bring funding? Um, do we bring connection? And what do we want to get from the ecosystem? Do we want to improve our customer experience? Do we want to improve our um, delivery experience? So what is it that we want to improve? What's, what problem are we trying to solve? And also, how do we interact with other with others in the ecosystem? I think that's a very important question because a lot of people miss on that. So, okay, I identified, identified the right stakeholders in my ecosystem and then I know what I want and I know what they want from me, but how do we interact with each other? And do we, uh, is there a platform that would bring us together? Is there any uh, a specific uh, physical space that brings us together, a workspace? So there's some, there, this is a question as well that is, is, is critical for the success of, of the ecosystem. And, and I think very important that we embed also in our organizations um, cultural aspect that would help us also uh, be part of an ecosystem internally and externally. And that would be being open to collaboration and sharing and investing in resources, like Chris said, to allow us to collaborate and share because not every organization is open for collaboration. And uh, flexibility, uh, you have to know that, you know, failure, it is part of the process. When you collaborate with ecosystems, with other people in the ecosystem, you're not in control of all the factors as if you will if you were operating internally. So you're not in control. You need to be open to uh, failure and you need to learn from failure. And again, and the third aspect I would look at is that looking at the big picture and the long-term result and rather than focusing on the short, short-term aspects because a seeing impact from from ecosystem takes time and it's about looking you know at the look at the bigger picture rather than than the short term thank, thank you. you for that thank you donna ash you have the final words what advice would you give to executives um there are lots of great points from chris and donna here so i would like to start with like what rachel botsman said that trust is a relationship with the unknown and that's something that you know leaders need to exemplify because you look if you're looking at the relationship side there is the client side of delivering everything that you know transformations and all of that but then there's the entire people side because they're the ones who are actually delivering it and if you're a leader within the ecosystem you have to look at both sides so you should be an innovative forward thinking kind of leader to drive the kind of transformation to be the get the kind of visions out there but you should also make sure that the people who are involved in these transformations have the right levels of skills, have the right level of talent, especially in times of like the great resignation and everything. We need to make sure that companies can deliver on the promise of transformation that we promise to our clients. And, and, and that's the leader's job to bridge these. And that's, that's a great place to end. Um, Ash, Donna and Chris, thank you so much for um, sort of educating us and, and sort of helping us deeper and better understand digital ecosystems and the opportunity in front of us. Um, I think we've got a few more minutes left, so we're gonna go to the audience questions now and see if we can um, uh, ask any questions from the audience. So um, we're gonna see which questions have come in. Um, we have had some good ones here, so I'm gonna, pick some at random and fire them at, at, at you. The first one that we've got here is from Zach, and he asks, ecosystems manage a lot of complexity. You're plugged into a lot of different organizations who themselves are not static. Their systems change all the time. The customer is changing all the time. 
how much work is required by the partnering organizations to keep the ecosystem alive and, and relevant? That's a, it's a great question from, from Zach. Who, who wants to take that one? I'm going to have a go. So and I think the so it's like any any relationship. It takes a lot to um, to build it, to foster it, to to nurture it. Um, and exactly as, as Zach's outlined, you know, in an ecosystem, the, the the opportunity and the benefit is the access to all of this new skills, capability, knowledge, know-how. Um, but at the same time, you've got to have a way of managing how you access that in a controlled way. And I think, you know, come back to the the, the advice I would give any business leader in terms of thinking through um, how to establish an ecosystem, you know, that governance piece in terms of being clear, you know, what is your role in that ecosystem and how are you going to jointly measure success and, you know, have accountability and transparency to each other within the ecosystem it is really important. Um, I also think the, as, as we all said, so it, it is also about the people and the the people being able to collaborate. Um, but I think they have to have clarity in terms of what is it what is it that the ecosystem is trying to achieve and, and what from your organization enterprise perspective you're trying to achieve. And, and with that clarity, um, it allows you to to filter out the things that are changing the ecosystem that aren't important to you and identify those things that are. Thank you, thank you, Chris. Um, Donna, perhaps we can we can come to you with your experience at, at MathWorks, um, working with um, uh, sort of growing businesses, uh, because I think Zach's question is, is quite apt. Um, how much work is required by the partnering businesses, organizations to keep the ecosystem alive and, and relevant and, and, and keep adding value to each other? I think having uh, more and more players enter the ecosystem is a good thing, definitely. And change happening in an ecosystem is definitely a good thing. It's definitely an indicator of the success and the progress this ecosystem is making. Um, so I wouldn't be scared of that change. I would embrace that change and think that, you know, we're going towards the right direction if more people and more people are joining in. And I think, uh, as Chris said, being flexible and being open for collaboration is, is key. So how much time I would invest in this? Of course, it depends, you know, what the size of company I operate in and uh, who, you know, in terms of who, who's, who, you know, who are the players that are coming to the picture? I would, you know, I would more focus on terms of thinking about as a leader, I would think about how do I get these new players part of the ecosystem or embedded in the ecosystem better rather than just thinking or questioning why are they here and why is change happening um, because change will happen and and definitely as i said new players in the in the ecosystem is, is definitely a good a good thing and it's not something we should be scared of thank you thank you donna um i've got a i've got a question here from sharice i'm not sure if it's a question it's more of a of a statement but i'll, I'll read it out anyway um, she says, by offering products and services that individual companies could not create on their own, ecosystems draw in more customers, which creates even more data, which allows artificial intelligence to fashion even better offerings, which in turn further improves processes 
and wins more customers. So it becomes a self-reinforcing loop. The stronger the system gets, the stronger the system gets. And there isn't a, there isn't a question mark at the end of that. I guess it's just uh, a statement there to be discussed. Ash, do you want to, are there any thoughts that you've got based on, on Charisse's uh, um, sort of assertion there? Well, while all of that is totally true, the good thing for ecosystems and especially the partners and players in that is the clients can look at a different solution. Think about it like a um, sort of like Jenga. You may move one piece from one partner or one client and you put another just to meet that need. It's essentially connecting all of these things together. So yes, the transformations and everything go faster, you get more customers and everything keeps building as per scale, exponential, but it's eventually a big collaboration brought together by different people and different entities. Thank you. Does anyone else want to add to that? Sorry. Well, it, it, I'm just reminded by um, something I read not so long ago, quote by the um, somebody in Shopify, and, and they were, I think, sharing that in 2020, as an organization, they made, I think it was 3 billion. Um, but what they said was that their ecosystem partners made almost four times that. So, you know, it's, I, I, I could only see that as a, as a good thing to be part of an ecosystem that is driving that level of, of value, um, both to, to the customers and, and also to the enterprises. Thank you for that. Guys, we're fast running out of time. I think we've got time to squeeze in one more question before we end, um, and it's a question from Peter, and he says, um, although he may have joined slightly late, because I think we may have answered this already, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you anyway. Many businesses have experimented with creating an ecosystem, but few have succeeded. Why? Who wants to take this one? I'll happily start, then if others want to build. Um, so some of it, I think, is, is is the complexity and the fact that actually to have an effective ecosystem, you've got to you know, you've got to manage a much more complex environment because you're not just managing within the organisation; you're now managing across multiple partners. Um, and so, you know, it's it's not a one for one. So trying to do something with with one partner, um, it, when you add in another two partners. It doesn't just become twice as hard. It's a you know, question of probability, right? You, you're now sort of you've got the challenge of working with four partners, which is exponentially more difficult than working with two. So I think where where ecosystems struggle, that they struggle because of the complexity of managing the, the relationships and having a collective understanding in terms of what's the value to all of all of the members of that ecosystem, so that it, it's a win-win. I can add something uh, on a very practical level. I think also managing an, an ecosystem or maintaining an ecosystem require also specific skills and talent from the person who's doing that. And sometimes the company has their own core business, which require you know a very specific technical expertise. And sometimes they try just basically to hire the same people to run the ecosystem for them. And that's not usually how it works because you need different skills and a different um, background in order to maintain this ecosystem and and i could see from you know from my experience working i see that people that you know you know have the right business development skills and partnership skills and people skills like chris said 
are the ones who are able to, to maintain maintain a successful ecosystem. And, and, and that, that definitely could be a reason why, uh, um, play a factor in why an ecosystem succeeds or not. Thank um, you for that. And no, uh, if I can just add, I think it also depends upon if you're looking from the integrator side or the solution creator side. For the integrator side, you need to build all the expertise to understand and connect all the players within the ecosystem. And if you don't have that expertise or skills or even solution mindset, you kind of lose your way. And if you're on the solutioning side, you can't just create something that you want to create and expect that the market buys it. You have to make sure that you're solution is actually specific to solving a problem. They need to come with a problem statement. So it depends upon which side you come from. And usually it's to look at what you're trying to resolve and building that expertise. Absolutely love that. Um, it was a great question from Pete, but I hate to end on a negative. So I'm going to ask one more question to end on a, on a positive. So um, what are you most excited about when it comes to the future of digital ecosystems? Um, to end on a positive and I'll start with Donna. If we can keep I our think, answers short for this one, sorry. I think how the future will transform, how the future of how we move and buy and consume is going to change. And, and I believe this will happen by collaboration and by flexibility and sharing expertise and innovation. Uh, so definitely all part of an ecosystem. Thank you, Donna. Chris? So there's a great quote I, I enjoy, which is that the future is already here. It's just un, unevenly distributed. And what I'm really excited about ecosystems is the, the, the ability of them to you know, create all that innovation and just the opportunity that it, it presents ahead. Thank you very much. And Ash, final word to you. Uh, it's all going to be about relationships because ecosystems are connected with each other. So the future is building these relationships and then the skills at speed, really. Absolutely love that. Thank you very much, guys. If you'd like to share any comments on this episode or any episode of Client Side, then find us online at fox.agency. If you'd like to appear as a guest on the show, please email zoe at fox.agency. The people that make the show possible are Jennifer Brennan, our booker slash researcher. David Clare is our head of content. Ben Fox is our executive producer. I'm Nathan Alibaba. You've been listening to Client Side from Fox Agency. Join us next time on Client Side, brought to you by Fox Agency.